Welcome to Rising Tide, a podcast for career-driven women to find inspiration, find courage, and find their voice. I am your host, Margaret Winnegar, and today's episode, I am going solo. Thought we'd change it up a little bit today, and I had a topic that I really wanted to share with this group. It is something that has started to become more and more of something I've seen around me. And yet what I realize is unless I'm in an intimate one-on-one conversation, I don't hear about it. It's not widely talked about. It's certainly not widely accepted. And that's a sabbatical. Now, I know some of you listening are like, I know companies who offer sabbaticals. Yes, there are. There's not very many though. (laughs) Uh, And what I would say is that in the corporate world, this really is not a habit that has been adopted, but that's not really the type of sabbatical I'm talking about. I'm speaking more to the personal sabbatical. Now I've noticed With COVID in 2020 and 2021, there has been a significant uptick in the decision to make sabbaticals. We have all had time to slow down and take a look and realize, am I doing work that is meaningful? You know, when I put things into perspective, is this really how I want to be spending my time or should I be making changes? And because of that, even for my group of friends, I've known three women that have made the decision to take sabbaticals from their careers to explore. As I've done the podcast interviews, you know, Jen Goldstone and Erin O'Brien both talk about taking time away to reflect, to self-discover, and then make their next move. So this is something that It's certainly not for everyone. I want to be very clear on that, but I do want to use this time to break some of the stigmas around it and empower those of you listening that whether it's now or maybe in the future, not only is this something that is incredibly valuable and extremely powerful for you, it's also giving you some suggestions and things to think about before and during the sabbatical to ensure that you're set up to have it be a success and a really valuable time for you. So let's jump in. To get started, I wanted to talk about why the concept of a sabbatical takes it carries such a stigma. And really it's interesting because while sabbaticals are not what I would classify as, you know, vacation, think about how many companies that give unlimited vacations purely because they know people won't use it. They're actually less likely to use the days than if you give them a set amount of days, right? So we are in a culture right now that glorifies grind. It glorifies overworking. What's recognized is time in office, well, pre-COVID, right? But it's, are you available? Are you always responsive? My lens is coming from the tech world, coming from the startup world. I can vividly remember after I had my first son that 
I was leaving at five o'clock and multiple occasions, I would be walking out the door at five o'clock and I'd have a teammate, a fellow leader ask me, Oh, you're leaving so soon. Five o'clock. Also team was doing phenomenal numbers were above plan. And what I needed to get done for the day was done, but that's the kind of thing that happens. It is incredibly challenging because we have created this definition that being busy equals good. And if we're not busy, then something's wrong. And that's, that's a dangerous, dangerous path to go down because the value in working hard, there's a point of diminishing return. There's optimal performance. And then there's a point of diminishing return where going past that, continuing to go and push through and just, you know, no rest, no recovery, your brain is not able to fire at the level that it could, if you gave it a little bit of rest. Right. And, and unfortunately it kind of goes counterintuitive that you can produce more when you take more rest. <laughs> so want to throw that out there. The other thing that's been really fascinating is that as I've done these podcasts and as I interviewed hundreds of sales professionals in my role as sales leader, and even personally, we try to hide gaps in our resume. Some people, what they'll do is they'll take the dates, you know, they just put the years on their LinkedIn profile, right? You go out of your way to avoid showing any sort of gaps in your resume because of the old adage, the best time to find a job is when you have a job, right? So it's, you know, the worst thing you could do is have space or gaps between your resume, right? These are all things that are ingrained in us that have been taught to us that we're going to have to break when you think about taking a sabbatical. But the best part about Rising Tide is we are all about making meaningful change as a community. And we are all about creating better work environment for human beings to show up and to be creative, to collaborate and to be included. So this is absolutely something in our wheelhouse that we are capable of doing. Now, let's talk about why you would take a sabbatical. I've kind of alluded to it a little bit, but there's, there's really two, two ways this goes down. The first way is you're forced to. So in my case, the times when I have taken a sabbatical, which for the record, I never used to call it that largely probably because of shame, but that's truly what it was. And it was because I was fired. I was forced to leave my job and each time I would use it to take inventory of my life, to decompress. You know, if you're getting fired, chances are it's because it wasn't a good fit, right? So you definitely need to do some decompression, but I would also do some reflection and then think about what I wanted next. So one way is you're forced into it. You're either downsized, you're let go, you're part of a reduction in force, whatever it is. Or the second way is, you choose it. You proactively take a sabbatical. And a lot of times this is again, going to just come when you're ready for a transition. You've gotten to that point where you don't love the work that you're doing, or you love it a lot less than you dislike it, right? You maybe don't feel that you're working in your purpose, living in your purpose, and that you are seeking that. 
maybe you're just out of alignment. The things that are important to you, you're not able to do because of the work that you're doing. And so you need to reassess what you're doing, but either way, when the second being that you're proactive in deciding to take a sabbatical, it's usually when you're looking to make some type of transition in your career. Usually it means you're changing at least the company, if not possibly changing a role or even a career. So we've talked about the challenges with taking a sabbatical as far as the stigmas around it and just kind of getting past that of, you know, shutting out the world opinions and just accepting that to do this, you're going to swim upstream. And then we've also talked about when might you take a sabbatical? So if you're listening to this, you know, whether it's now or maybe in the future, hopefully you will recognize the situation when it might be worth considering taking that sabbatical. So then the next part is how do you set yourself up for success? Right. Obviously, if it happens to you and you don't really have a choice, some of this is largely going to depend on what type of severance you get. But these still, the principles still apply whether you choose to do it or not. So the first thing is you want to make sure that you've got your finances figured out and you've given yourself a time frame. So if you are, if you're let go, then again, taking into consideration your, you have to do this a little bit more reactively, but what severance do you have that carries you over? You might have to take into consideration how long you have benefits if you're, if you're single or, you know, if you have a partner, perhaps you can get on their plan. How long financially can you afford to take away? I would strongly encourage you to try to plan for at least six weeks, but again, that's up to you. Erin O'Brien on her podcast, she actually said she cashed in her 401k because she wanted to take the time. So you've got options. The big thing that you need to make sure you do is establish your time frame that you're going to give yourself. And then what is your financial game plan so that you know you are set to give yourself that full period of time. The second thing that's really important in preparing for this is Go in with the expectation that you are going to use part of this time to decompress. So again, if it's reactive, you've been fired, chances are you've been in an environment that has been a struggle for a while. And so you're going to need to unwind from that. If it's proactive, chances are you haven't stopped working in the last 10 to 20 years which means this is the first time outside of vacations, which we're not counting, that you have taken more than one, maybe two weeks off in possibly 20 years. So making sure you give yourself time to decompress. And again, I would recommend ideally at least a couple of weeks, but at a minimum, give yourself a full week. And I promise you that's going to be hard. Day one, you're going to wake up on that Monday morning and be like, this is great, right? No problem. Best decision you've ever made. You might even feel that way the second day. And then you get to the third day and that high achiever brain of yours starts to kick in that pressure, right? Of going upstream or against the current kicks in. And so what you can fall back on is that you set the expectation that you were going to give yourself a minimum of whether it's a week, two weeks, whatever your period is to just decompress, not think about work, not try to interview, just 
decompress. Slow down. Relax. I know some of you are probably just freaking out listening to that, but it's really important. The third thing, and this is for my mamas out there. Okay. So if you have kiddos, this is for you. When you're thinking about your sabbatical, the most important thing you can do is remind yourself that this is for you. So what you need to do is keep them in their routine. So whether that's they go to daycare, maybe you have a nanny, perhaps you have an au pair, even if they're in school and they do after school programs, right? Try to keep them in their schedules. Now, I have a good friend that she took a sabbatical and for her, she wanted to have them home once a week with her, which is totally fine. The most important thing when you are deciding what you want to do here is why are you doing it? Okay. If you are keeping your kids home because you feel like a bad mom, sending them to school or sending them to daycare or having the nanny come in, that's probably not a good motivator because it's being driven by what others will think of you versus if that would bring you joy and happiness to have a, you know, a day or a couple of days a week with them, then that's, that's great. That absolutely have that be part of your sabbatical, but I strongly encourage you make sure you know why you're doing what you're doing when it comes to the decisions around the kids prioritize yourself. This is time that you are giving yourself to really pause and reflect. And for know that after you decompress, then that's when the work starts, but not the work of finding a job yet, the work of doing self-discovery. All right. So those are your things to be thinking about when you're preparing for your sabbatical and making sure that you are ready. One, do you have your finances ready to go? Two, set the expectation that you're giving yourself a minimum time frame to decompress and do literally nothing else. I mean, Netflix and binge if you have to. Three, keep your kids in their routine if you're a mom. And four, when you are going to get ready to do the work, the first set of work that you're doing is self-discovery. All right. So let's talk about the sabbatical itself. So this is really fun because Michelle Nuringer, who is also a podcast guest, her and I worked together at MindBody. And we actually came up with this when we were talking about the salon and spa industry adjusting to COVID. But it actually applies really well to sabbaticals, which is think about your sabbatical in three categories. There's a pause, there's an adjust, and then there's the reboot. All right. So we're going to talk about those three phases real quick. So phase one, the pause. So this is what we've talked about as far as the decompress, right? You've made the decision to take the sabbatical. You've set things up in a way so that this first part of the pause is just letting life slow down. I really encourage you don't just replace the grind, the hustle, that busyness with other things, right? When I say those first couple of weeks need to be quiet stillness, that's actually going to take a ton of self-control. It's going to feel really hard and unnatural and your mind might go to some dark places when it does, because it will take a step back and reflect. Why is it doing that? 
what's triggering you, right? You can learn a lot about yourself, but you have to be still enough and not necessarily immediately react when things happen or when you're upset. And you certainly can't just replace your busy schedule with other things. So that doesn't mean you do nothing, right? But again, slow it down, give yourself some space. If you want to take a nap, take a nap, (laughs) right? If you want to go for a two hour walk, go for a two hour walk, right? Just make sure that you're slowing down. So it's all about pausing. And the reason you pause is so that you can take time to just clear your mind. Because the next part, you're going to need that brilliant brain of yours, which is the adjust phase. So I talked about the self-discovery. This part is really probably one of my, my favorites. And this is just something as a person I love to do. And I think we could do more of this. And This self-discovery piece, I would really encourage you to consider doing this at least once a year, if not every six months, regardless of if you take a sabbatical or not. All right. So this is really, really good to just take inventory of where you're at. So when you think about self-discovery, there's some, some things that you want to take into consideration. So the first thing is, what do you value? Now, if you have these already, this is a great chance to just go back and do a refresh, right? Like remind yourself of those things that are most valuable to you. What are your core values? If you don't have them, this is the time to do the work, right? This is the time to do the work and figure out your values. I will have more for you on that later or small plug. You can come to the rising tide retreat and we will help you create your values. So do your values. Second thing is assess your priorities, right? You have dimensions of your life, whether it's personal, relational, financial, professional, community, spiritual, right? All of these dimensions of your life. What is most important to you? Where do you want to be spending your time, right? Take time to understand what is important to you. Why is it important to you? Where do you want to be focusing your time as you start to think about this next chapter? Take inventory of your accomplishments, okay? We are terrible at this. And I say we, I'm allowed to say this because A, I have struggled with it myself. And B, in working with developing my whether it was reps or sales leaders, this is an ongoing challenge of consistently taking time to document what you accomplished and also taking full credit for what you accomplished. This is also a really great time to take a look and see how much you've grown. Uh, and it could just be new skills that you have or you know mindsets that you've adopted that have allowed you to be more effective. So take inventory of what you have accomplished and then take inventory of skills and expertise that you have, right? Actually write it out. What are the things that you know how to do? What are the things that you do really well? And this is not the time to be shy, right? So if it comes to mind, write it down. You don't get to self-edit on this, put it all in there. And then if you're 
thinking that you are leaning in the direction of a career change, right? You've, you've decided you might be like me where you're like, you know, sales leadership, no longer the thing that I'm called to do. And I'd like to, I, I want to make a change, but I'm not exactly sure. Then as you're writing down your skills, think about them in the context of transferable skills, and they're going to really set you up for the next phase. All right. So we've paused. We've done self-discovery and oh, by the way, that self-discovery piece, like give yourself, you know, a week, two weeks to do that self-discovery so that you can come back to it. You can reflect on it. You can add to it. All right. There's no rush to getting that piece done. And, you know, maybe consider even asking your, your close friends, maybe some of your close coworkers for their input, right? Most likely they're going to think of things that you have forgotten. So, you know, give yourself some time to make sure that that's really comprehensive. And then the last phase is going to be the reboot. So this is when you start thinking about what comes next. And so again, you know, this is really where you can tap into your network and start talking about, you know, here's the things that I love to do. And here's the skills that I have. You know, you could say, you could say, who do you know that might be looking for me? Maybe if you're trying to make a career change, you could do what Jen Goldstone did, which is what type of roles would need skills like this and share that with your network and see what comes to mind for them and then start exploring, right? So maybe it's a company that, you know, really speaks to your personal values and what their mission is. Um, it could be exploring a new career and you're talking to people in that profession. You know, maybe it's starting to do interviews, but th during this phase, right, you should be very grounded in what's most important to you. What do you value? What are you looking for? And what are the badass skills that you bring to the table that would make somebody lucky to work with you? And then as you're coming to the end of your sabbatical and you're starting to get ready to re-enter into the workforce, the most important thing is to make sure that you stick with what you've learned, right? And again, you've taken this time to document it so that you have it to go back to. You have it to reference because I promise you, when you go back into the workforce, temptation will be there. The grind will be there and it will be very comfortable to swim with the current. And so make sure that in order for this sabbatical to truly have been worth it, yes, you will have found the next great chapter, but make sure to also take all those learnings and new habits with you as you go into this job so that you can set a great foundation for yourself and put yourself in a position to be successful. So one thing I, I kind of talked about, but not really is additional things to kind of watch out for when you are taking a sabbatical, kind of some, some traps that I've seen that I've personally experienced. And as I've talked with others who have taken these times off, just things that are challenging or they can trip you up. I have shared these on the rising tide blog. So you can go to our website and check out the article that talks about the six things you need to know for taking a sabbatical and make sure you read that again, if you're thinking about doing it, because it's really important. So much of this is just the expectations that you set. All right. So I have thoroughly enjoyed the time. I would love your feedback on the topic. If you want to talk more, please reach out 
I'd love to hear from you. Love to connect. You can email me at welcome to rising tide at gmail.com. You can also follow along on Instagram at rising tide podcast and post your comments there. And then, you know, like I said, if you're wanting to do some of the work, but maybe you can't take a sabbatical, uh, be sure to check out the rising tide retreat. So I will put a link in the notes here for you. So you can take a look at it. We do some of this work in that really intensive two and a half days. So if taking a sabbatical just isn't in the cards, but you're thinking about a transition or a change and you're ready for it, the retreat may be a really great alternative for you. So I hope everyone is doing great. I'm hopeful that the concept of taking a sabbatical is something that you will entertain, especially for those of you that when you hear me speaking, you know, I'm speaking right at you. And until next time, let's continue supporting one another, rising together, and I'll see you next week.